if you will, open your Bibles to that passage in Zephaniah. We're going to look at that book today. And when we talk about Zephaniah, Zephaniah, who's, who's preached a sermon on Zephaniah? There are a lot of Old Testament books that are obscure to us. But they have such a relevant message for the church today. And I want to go back to this book and help us to see just a little bit about that book and show you the relevance to our life today. All of you, no doubt, have played the game hide-and-seek. I'm sure you have. We were masters of it when we were kids. Now, when our children were little, when they were, we have so many newborn babies right now, and when they're little like that, just so delicate, they were Kim's. That, you know, that was her job when they were that little. But when they got a little older, when they could play, they became mine. And, and we would play. And Kelly, our oldest daughter, when she was just old enough to toddle around and understand the concept of hide and seek, we would play hide and seek. And sometimes she would have this, uh, do I run over here or do I run over here? And she wouldn't know where to go. And I'm counting down five, four, three, ready or not, here I come. And, you know, you say that and she would just panic and she would be standing in the middle of the living room floor and just go (laughs) cover her eyes. And she was hidden. And I would go around saying, now, where could Kelly be? And she would just snicker and laugh, and, and I never could find her right there in the middle of the living room floor. There is a lesson from that to be learned from the book of Zephaniah. Because basically what Zephaniah says is that if you don't get yourself taken care of, you're acting just about as foolish as a little child playing hide-and-seek. If you think that you can hide from the judgment of God, you are sadly mistaken. And so I want us to look at the book of Zephaniah, and I want you to see some very practical lessons, and I want you to take what was said to a people that lived a long time ago and hear the relevance of that message for the church today. If you have your Bible and, and open it up to the book of Zephaniah, let's just go over a little bit of background and maybe some of your Bibles have a real nice handy uh, information or give you a little bit of uh, background to the book. But Zephaniah was written uh, prior to Judah being taken away into captivity. Now, you remember just a real brief history lesson. There was Saul, David, and Solomon, kings of Israel, Israel was united. All 12 tribes were uh, under their headship. With the death of Solomon, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, took control. And he decided that it would be a good idea to, to tax the people more than even his father did. And that led a revolt. Um, Jer- uh, Jeroboam led 10 tribes to the north in rebellion to Solomon's son. And so from that point on in Scripture, you have a division in the people of God. It is like the civil war without the bloodshed. You have the tribes to the north who were known as Israel, and you had the tribes to the south known as Judah. Israel never had a a single good king. Every king that came into power was wicked. 
And they fell by the hand of the Assyrians. God disciplined them by the Assyrian nation. Judah, on the other hand, had a mixture of some good kings and some bad kings. They, they would have periods of revival and, and restoration. And, and so they, ex, they existed and lasted a, a little longer than their northern neighbors. But the day was coming when God was going to discipline them too. Zephaniah was a prophet prior to the judgment of God sending the Babylonians to come and to wreak havoc, to come in and take the young men and the best of everything that Judah had and haul it off into a faraway land, in the land of Babylon. Zephaniah is saying to the people at this day, the day of the Lord is at hand. He's coming. And you cannot hide from him. Now, that idea of hiding from the judgment of God is what I want us to talk about tonight. I appreciate the, the song that Brian led, uh, being hidden in God, hide me, because that's our only hope. We cannot hide, but we can be hidden in the day of the Lord. And I want to show you where Zephaniah brings that very concept out. But if you want just a quick outline of the book of Zephaniah, you have two points. Judgment is coming, and that's covered in chapters 1 through chapter 3. And then you have a promise of restoration that will follow the judgment of God. God says, I'm going to discipline you, but after I've disciplined you, I will restore you. There will be restoration. And so let's look at uh, some lessons from the book of Zephaniah, some things that they were doing that caused God in the first place to come and say, the day of the Lord's coming, you will be judged. Well, what were those reasons? Chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, if you'll read with me, please. I will stretch out my hand against Judah And against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, I will cut off every trace of Baal from this place. The names of the idolatrous priest with the pagan priest, those who worship the host of heaven on the housetops, those who worship and swear oaths by my Lord or by the Lord, but who also swear by Milcom or some translations may have Molech. It was an Ammonite god that uh, literally involved the practice of uh, burning and offering your own children uh, to this deity. But here's the first thing. They had mixed loyalties. Do you see where it says that they, these people that he was coming to judge, he said what they'll do is they'll worship and swear oaths by the Lord. They were worshiping God. Well, that's a good thing. Well, it is, but not while at the same time you're worshiping false gods, Baals, Molech. Can't have mixed loyalties. God is a jealous God. You either serve him with all your heart or you don't serve him at all. There's there's a description of some kings in the Old Testament who said that they're heart with their they they followed the Lord they walked in his ways but not with a whole heart that was the problem with these people here 
And as I identify that problem, it's real easy to see. What in the world are you thinking, folks? You can't worship God. You can't go to church and then leave the church building and run down and to your local neighborhood house of idolatry and worship some false god. You can't do that. That's easy to see. But it, can we can we be guilty of that? We come to church, we worship God on Sunday, we do all the things the Bible says, we cry out to Him in prayer, and, and we lift up His name in praises, and then Monday rolls around. Or the weekend finally comes. Do we live out in our life the commitments and the declarations that we make today? <clears throat> if we don't, We're no better than those folks in the days of Judah when God said, I'm coming. I will bring judgment upon you. We cannot serve God and serve other things. We have to have an undivided loyalty to God. And we may be guilty of letting other things creep in and, and we end up pushing God to the side or, or finding a, a corner in our life where there's room for Him, but he, He's not our all. He doesn't come first. Can I ask you, is God really, really, is He really first in your life? If He's not, then you have mixed loyalties. You're doing the right thing by being here today, but you've got to get the rest of that straightened out or the judgment of God will come. He tells us that. So that was one of the problems, mixed loyalties. What was something else that they were doing that was bringing this day of the Lord upon them? Well, they were backsliders. Look at verse 6. Those who have turned back from following the Lord and have not sought the Lord nor inquired of Him. There were people who were the children of God and they had quit following God. They had quit talking to God. They had quit inquiring of God. He just wasn't in their plans anymore. Can that happen to us? Can the people of God ever backslide? Has there been a time in your life when you were really close to God and you and you knew you were and you felt that relationship and you knew that you were in the right direction, moving the right way. But I don't know, time happens, circumstances of life happen, people hurt your feelings, you, you fall, you, you stumble, things happen. And before, before long, you feel an ever-widening gap in your relationship between you and God. You're not as close as you used to be. You don't inquire of Him like you used to. You don't pray unless you find yourself in a desperate situation. God says, I've seen that before. And it was reason that I brought judgment upon my own people. I don't want mixed loyalties. And I won't have you turning your back on me. I want to walk hand in hand with you. Listen, if you find yourself in a situation where backsliding, not that you've totally abandoned God, not that you've said, I want nothing to do with Him, I don't even believe in Him anymore. 
Not that you have just raised a high-handed fist against God, but you're letting distance come between you. If that's where you are, it's unacceptable to God. We might find ourselves in that situation where we're not as close to Him today as I was yesterday. And look at a third thing that they were guilty of. And it was complacency. Look in verse chapter 1 and verse 12. It shall come to pass that in that day that I will search Jerusalem with a lamp and punish the men who are settled in complacency, who say in their heart, the Lord won't do good, nor will he do evil. Have you ever gotten to the point, or are there people, do you think, that have ever reached the point that it doesn't do you any good to serve God? I mean, it doesn't matter one way or another if you pray or if you're faithful. It doesn't matter. God's not going to intervene. He's not going to do anything to you if you don't obey Him, and He's not going to do anything for you if you do obey Him. We're on our own. God's not going to reach down in His providence and, and shape and mold things, and so we just, we just ignore God's presence in our life, and we go about and do our own thing. If it makes you happy to do this, well, then we'll do this. If we, if we want to go over here and do this, we'll, we'll go over here and do that. And, but God, well, we don't give consideration to Him. We've grown complacent. That can happen too. You see, what I find interesting is when I go back and read Zephaniah, the, the sins for which God said, there is a day of the Lord coming and you will give accounts. Those same sins are things that we struggle with today. Mixed loyalties, backsliding, and complacency. Well, I want you to see the choices that God gives. There was, it was past point of, you know, they had gone past the point of return. The judgment was coming. But there was a choice, a decision that they had an opportunity. And that's laid out in verses chapter 1 and verse 12 and chapter 2 and verse 3. And here were their choices. You can hide yourself from this day of the Lord, or you can allow God to hide you in the day of the Lord. Now the choice is yours. And I would suggest that that choice... It's like, you see, children, when they play the game of hide-and-seek, that, that, hiding is not just one of those things that we are born with. Um, we have to learn lessons, like lessons like sound travels. You, know, you can't giggle behind the couch and think nobody's going to find you because people will hear you laughing and they'll, they'll know where you are. And you have to teach a child that uh, just... Being out of sight doesn't mean you're hidden. The fact that I cover my eyes and I don't see you doesn't mean you don't see me. And as you play this game of hide-and-seek, those are basic lessons you learn. Well, God says, all right, we're going to play a game of hide-and-seek. And you have a choice. You can let me hide you, or you can try to hide yourself. Hiding ourselves is about like Kelly in the middle of the living room just covering up her eyes. If you do that, well, you can 
That's the way, if you want to play the game, that's the way you can play it. But I guarantee you, you'll, you'll be found. And so he begins in chapter 1 and verse 12, and he says, listen, if you choose to hide yourself, here's what's going to happen. Number one, I want you to understand who it is that will be searching for you. Look at what he says in verse 12. And it shall come to pass at that time that I will search Jerusalem. God says, all right, I'm coming for you. Do you think you can hide from God successfully? You can't hide from God. He's telling them the futility of it right there at the beginning. This game that we're going to play, it's not a game among your enemies. It's not you're hiding from King so-and-so. You're going to be hiding from me, and it's me, Jehovah, that will be coming looking for you. And then, not only that, but to even heighten the futility of such an event, he says... I will be coming with lamps. Uh, Today, it would be like saying, I'm bringing a spotlight, a flashlight. Oh, you can find a dark corner, and you can tuck yourself away in the backside of the house and turn off the lights and be hidden under, but I'm coming with lamps. And, And I will expose the darkness, and I'll find you. You can hide in a dark closet, but I'll just turn on the lights. You cannot hide, but that's a choice. You can try to hide yourself in the day of God's judgment, but you will be found. It won't be successful. Solomon wrote many years ago in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 14, as you come to the end of that book, he said, every secret thing shall come to light. All those things that you thought that you were hiding from the sight of other people, God saw it all. We might be good hiders with respect to each other. You may not know the deep, dark secrets that I have hidden in my heart, and I may not know yours. And we might think we've gotten away with something with respect to each other. But God sees. He knows. He illuminates all things, even the darkest corners and the darkest recesses of our mind. So, but that's a choice God gave. Go ahead. You can hide yourself. But if you choose that, I just want to tell you up front, I'm the one coming looking for you, and I'm coming with with flashlights. Or you can follow and pursue a second course, and that is to be hidden. Not to hide. That's something you do for yourself. The other thing is that you can be hidden. You see, and sometimes you help children when they're playing the game of hide and seek. And you'll you'll be sitting there and, and they'll hide somewhere and you can see them and you'll say, no, 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 don't go, don't go there. Go over. Go back. And, and so they'll follow your instruction and they'll be hidden and it's much better. They'll hide for a longer time. God says you have that same choice. You can try to hide yourself and be exposed. Or you can allow me to hide you. And that's your only hope. You need to be hidden by God. Look at Zephaniah chapter 2 and verse 3. Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth, who have upheld his justice. Seek righteousness, seek humility. It may be that you will be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. 
Two choices. God is coming. No choice about that. We've sinned too long. We've ignored Him too long. God is coming. There is a day of the Lord. And in that day, you can try to hide yourself or you can try to be or allow yourself to be hidden by the Lord. And that's your only hope. And that still today is our only hope. As in the days of Judah, there was an impending day of the Lord. And today, though it stretches beyond the context of that book, there is another day of the Lord that is looming on the horizon. I don't know when it's going to be, but I know the certainty of it. And when that day comes, we will have two choices. We can hide ourselves and think that God won't see or doesn't see our sins and our faults. And we can refuse to come clean and turn from those things that are sinful, that grieve God and break His heart, and think that maybe He won't see. But that's foolish, folks. That's like my daughter standing in the middle of the living room floor just putting her hands over her eyes. That will not work. But there's a better option. And that option is to allow God to hide you. Romans tells us, or the Paul says in Romans chapter 4 and verse 7, that blessed is the man to, whose sins are covered. That's what we need. I can't do it myself, but God can hide me. He can cover my sins so that they will not be seen. And in just a moment, we're going to sing a song of encouragement, an invitation song, as we call it. It's, it's an invitation to you to turn from sin and to come to Christ, to, to remove whatever obstacles there may be between you and God and, and to come clean. And in particular, I want you to think in terms of of this concept today. The day of the Lord is coming. It'll be a day in which He will seek vengeance on those who do not know Him and do not obey Him. It'll also be a day in which those who are righteous will be manifest and rewarded. Now, we have a choice. If you find yourself in a situation where... You're trying to hide from God. You're trying to cover up your sins. You're not coming clean. You're not letting loose. You're, you're just, you're, you're doing it well as you see it. God sees it. He knows it won't work. You'll be unprepared in the day of the Lord. Or you can say, God, I have failed you. I'm sorry. I want to do better. I can't do it myself. Will you hide my sins? And God will do that. If you're here this morning and there are things in your life that just are not the way they should be, why don't you change those? If you've never been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins, why don't you make that decision today? The day of the Lord is coming and you will have to give answer to God. Why not, instead of trying to hide your sins... Why don't you just confess those sins, confess Jesus, turn from them, and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, and God will cover 
you and hide you in his son. If you haven't done that, why don't you do that this morning? If you're a child of God already but unfaithful and you say, there are things I just need, I need to do better and I just want prayers, I want help to do better, to live more righteously, we'll pray with you to that end if you'll come as we stand together.